You're listening to Off the X with your host Tyler Wells, Forrest Carbajal, and Barrett Moon. Brought to you by Trinity Gunworks and Muddy Foot Outdoors. Hey everybody, welcome back to Off the X Podcast. We've actually got Caleb Smith back with us tonight, and of course we're with Sure Shot, Tyler Wells, and the bourbon boy, Barrett Moon. Hey, hey. And Barrett's got another bourbon review for all you guys. What you got, Barrett? Well, it's, it's actually not a bourbon night. We, uh, we're mixing it up and going with a, a little blended whiskey just because uh, we wanted to uh, throw, a, throw a curveball at everybody. Um, tonight we're drinking on a bottle of Texas Ranger. It's a blended whiskey out of Texas, obviously. Um, it's a, a, a pretty interesting, interesting tasting, um, whiskey. It's very, very smooth right out of the glass. I mean, the second it touched your tongue, it is just, I mean, you, there's really no initial burn or bitterness. Um, a lot of vanilla right off the get go. Um, and I've, I've poured everybody around the table a glass and we're going to kind of hear everybody's thoughts on it tonight, but mine right off the, right off the bat, I mean, you can, Put it on your tongue. It's vanilla, and then you start getting a little bit of some caramel and some salt. Um, I know. I know. Tyler. Uh, he's he has practiced thoroughly for this tonight. So <laughs> I want to be on top of yeah, it. every night this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he he uh, as he finishes a, a little sip. What do you what do you think, T? <laughs> I think it's pretty tasty. Um, I mean, honestly. Right out of the gate, man, you get like a, a big nose of vanilla out of it. And then like as soon as it hits your tongue, like, that vanilla washes over. And then after it finishes, I get like some salted caramel mm-hmm. or, I mean, I don't like to drink it with root beer, but you do get a touch of like a real sharp, like sassafras or something, you know, like, okay. like that real fresh yeah. root beer. That's what you get in there, in my opinion. But like, it's sweet, but it's not like a syrup. It's not like when you drink it, you're like, man, that's... It's very that's, light. Yeah, it's not like an oily sweet that's just heavy right. on your tongue. Like, it's light. Yeah, that's a good way to explain it, light. I yeah. was going to say it's one of the smoothest smoothest whiskeys, but it's it's more the light. It's really light and really mm-hmm. easiest to, to get it down. It's a it's actually a pretty inexpensive bottle. I mean, you're going to spend right around 30 bucks. Um, I will tell you what I've noticed over the last, I'd say, hour that we've kind of been sipping on it is I'm starting to taste... There's a, a little bit of, of some, uh, almost like a walnut taste to it. And then I'm actually getting, honestly, for me, there's some cinnamon that I've, I've kind of tasted. Um, and just kind of off the bat, there's it almost kind of tastes like leather, honestly, on the finish. <laughs> well, that so doesn't sound can, right. <laughs> you, can, you can laugh, but there's, it's got a li- like, I don't know if you've ever tasted some leather, but. From that Texas Ranger saddle, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you'll smell, like you smell your glass, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you this, and then you'll smell it and see if you can smell it. I smell honey grams. <laughs> I, I swear <laughs> to you. You really do? <laughs> I'm telling you. Like, I, I, I'm telling you, I spent like 15 or 20 minutes today. I just, I was like, honey I'm not going to drink a ton of it, but I'm just going to sit here and, and smell it and taste it and see what all I can get out of that it. That ought to sell everybody on it right there. I'm telling you, like with a root beer, it tastes oh. just like a, a vanilla root yeah, beer. Yeah, it tastes like it'd be perfect, like a, a root beer float or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mix some ice cream. I mean, I'm mixing mine yeah. with a root beer tonight. Yeah. So. Okay. It's it's my, good. My impression is because I'm not I'm not a big whiskey drinker, bourbon drinker in general, so I, I can't taste everything that they're talking about. But as soon as I smell, oh my gosh, the vanilla smell! Yeah, I, I love that vanilla smell that it has, and it's super smooth for somebody that doesn't drink a lot of whiskey. It's really smooth. I can, I can feel the the cinnamon um, 
or I think cinnamon, but for somebody that doesn't do whiskey a lot, do what? It's the alcohol. It's the alcohol. Maybe it is. I don't know. Wait, there's alcohol. In there's, yeah, exactly. I can't be having alcohol. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a, a really good one, guys. I, I encourage y'all if y'all if y'all find a bottle of it, grab it up. Um, I mean, it's it's good, neat. It's good on the rocks. It's good mix. Like, I mean, I'm sipping on it neat right now, and it's it's really tasty. It's easy to sip on. Um, it's a good one just to have in your cabinet. Just throw it in the cabinet. I, I wonder if this has artificial flavor in it because it is really, it is really sweet and vanilla, vanilla. I mean, it's a blended whiskey, yeah. so I mean, it's blended with other, with other, uh, um, other whiskeys. Hmm. So the vanilla is strong in it. Yeah, which I like. I, I mean, it's not I like it's strong, but it's not like. I'm gonna kick you in the face, vanilla strong. <laughs> well, if you, don't, if you don't like vanilla, you wouldn't like this because you could definitely taste vanilla. If you it. like a vanilla Coke or a vanilla Dr. Yeah. Pepper, vanilla Dr. Pepper, get you some. Yeah, because it's, it's. I mean, it's good. I like it. You'll thank us later. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's good. What's the next duck call review? Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm ready to talk about it. Because it's we'll my, talk about it. It, it, talk was, about it. <laughs> it was my go-to call um, in the episode or the the video. It's it's a Raggio custom call. I said it was made out of lignum vitae, which is Latin for tree of life, which I thought was super cool. I've never even heard of that. That's really cool. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how he, how he got tree of life. Like, I mean, where did Josh go to get that? Where do you find I, that? I Israel? Be, now, listen, there's two kinds. Like, you, there's a they call it a genuine lignum vitae, which is like endangered or something or another. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then there's an, an Argentina <laughs> version, which is like the, I guess, the... The off-brand, <laughs> the Equate version. <laughs> it's the Walmart brand. It's the Walmart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's the genuine. It's 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 the real stuff. But it is um, people that are like into turning wood or whatever. Oh, yeah. It's regarded as the heaviest and hardest wood that, in the world. Really? Yeah. So it makes a really, really good tone board for a duck call. Okay. Uh, it turns really well. Um, so what that means is you're going to get that really good, deep sound out of a duck call. You're going to get that boss hen sound. Um, it's an oily wood, which coca bowl is oily too. That's why a lot of people like it. So that means it handles moisture really, really well, uh, which is going to get wet when you go duck hunting. Um, uh, one of the cool facts that I found about it was that, like, I guess back in the day, people would use it for propeller shafts on like big ships. Like, it's that hard of a really? wood. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's and I thought that I thought that was pretty cool. But the call, it's it, it gets loud, it gets soft. The chatter is really, really good. Um, I mean, I, I wanted something custom because I'm I'm really into duck calls, and I wanted something that would be special for my sons to have later. Like, oh, this is Dad's Raggio call, uh, and I've got that one, and I've got one made out of Mora and African Blackwood too. Uh, but. Yeah, I don't know what y'all thought of the way it sounded. Y'all might not have liked it. I liked it. I uh, you had your notes there, and you said it's supposed to sound like a boss hand. That was like the first thing I noticed. It's that it's it's deep. It's not like a cut down deep, but it's a really right. deep right. deep style sounding call. I really like it. Yeah. I mean, it it sounded great all season when I stood next to it. So. I appreciate that. Yeah. It dropped birds through the trees. So it did. I mean, <laughs> that one we killed. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, it dropped, it dropped some birds through the trees. He's, he's being humble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I, well, I got a couple more oh, questions yeah. on that. So, and I thought about this before. Does uh, so like the wood calls like that? Um, do they? Do you think they kind of change their tone over like a long period of time? Like, do you think that call will start to sound different just because of that wood kind of just soaking in water or releasing it, if you will? You know, five, yeah. ten years from yeah, now. Yeah, uh, it probably will. Um, since it's a harder and denser wood, it's not going to have as much 
swelling up and down as like a lighter wood, like a boat arc. Right. Uh, boat arc wood calls, they'll, they'll crack easy because they, they can swell a lot and shrink back down. If you've owned a wood call, you know that like after you blow it, if you go to take it apart after you come home, it, 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 it won't come apart right, because right. that wood has swelled, um, even so, that one. So what do you do when you get home, you have a wood call, you yeah. can't get it apart? Put it in the freezer. Put it in the freezer for 10 minutes or so and then go get it because that'll that'll shrink it back down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dang, I never knew that. I never yeah, heard that before. Yeah, shrink it back down and then try to be easy with it and take it apart. Don't don't be trying to be rough with them because you'll break them. Right. Uh, but, yeah, that's, that's how you get them apart. Any, any wood call that you have after you hunt it, you should take it apart and just let it sit through the night to let it dry out. That'll prolong the life of a wood call. Right, right. Yeah. If you uh, if you get another radio call, what are you going to get? That's the thing. Is like I really like the way that one sounds. Right. So it's kind of like, well, Josh, you're going to have a hard time so, making the next one sound better. <laughs> so I kind of so I found out about some of these like I don't know what you would call them like collectible call makers right. or I don't know what you'd refer to them as. But small I started, shop guys. I started seeing a lot of these small shop guys this past season, and uh, I mean it's really cool. It's really intriguing. But like, tell us like what the process is to get a call because I know a lot of those guys you just see whether their books are open or closed, but. Like, how does it go as far as, like, do you just tell him exactly what you want, like a single read, a double read, or how does that process go? Uh, with with Josh, because he's, he's the only small shop guy that I've had make a call, um, he'll tell you the books are open, which for him, they're not. I think he has a two-year waiting list right now because he's, you know, he hand does all of his calls. So it's not like at all the major places that they just stick them in a machine and they'll cut out I don't right. know how many they do a day. He right. can, you know, he only does a certain number a day. But he does one really cool thing that if if you go to his mobile shop when it's around you, uh, he'll make one for you there. Or if you go to his shop in Raymond, Mississippi, he'll make one for you that day. Right. And the two calls that I've had made, that's what I did. I had gotcha. one made in the mobile shop, and I drove all the way to Mississippi to have that, that Lignum one made, which is really cool. Right. Because you're, you're in the shop. You're watching the call that's for you get made. Uh, he'll tune it for you. You know, you get to hang out, see the shop. He has a bunch of really, really cool stuff in his right. shop. right. That's pretty cool. Well, so just because we're on the topic, just the last question, because we're on, you know, small shop calls and stuff like that. Barrett has, you have a custom call too. What was your process of getting that one tuned? Oh, I, I looked him up on Instagram said, hey, bro, you want to do this? And he said, sure. So a minute. <laughs> yeah. It was a pretty quick turnaround <laughs> too, wasn't it? it? Yeah, but what it, is it? What is it? It's a, it's a It was a, a virgin alt is what it was. And uh, I asked him, I was like, do you have any interest? And he was like, yeah. And so I sent it. And I think he, he got it done and... I think it was three weeks. Yeah, but so, and that's a little different. Uh, he's not turning the no, car. He didn't thing, turn but it. What he, he just, does is he cuts yeah, and shaves yeah, on the tone board. Yeah. But it's still it's made for you. No, it was well. I, he he asked me what I wanted it to sound like, and I honestly I said, man, I want you to do it the way you would do it, and like, what do you like? And he was like, okay, so that's what he did. Because yeah. I, I had I had zero expectations. Um, Colton did a, a phenomenal job. Yeah. So, that's pretty cool. I will say one thing, just to just to gripe a little bit. You say, you know, just make it how you would how you would want it to right, sound. Right. I do see a lot of these fancy call makers, and I'll say fancy call makers because it's really cool what you're doing. I don't ever see many pictures of you guys hunting. <laughs> the fancy, oh, the fancy yeah. call makers. Maybe it's just because um, I'm paying attention to their you, call pages. Because yeah. on their call pages, they post pictures of their calls, right. not what they've right. been killing. Right. <laughs> I, I, I always see that and think that, like, man, where? No, Col- Colton Thompson did a, a phenomenal job. Calls. I mean, just it does. It sounds. It's really an good. incredible call. He uh, he definitely he he. Um, 
he hooked me up. I mean, just he was and he, he made designed, a special call. Yeah, he designed it. Too. it. Mm-hmm. I mean, just did some did some unique stuff to it. And I mean, I, it'll it'll be a call that I hold on to. Yeah, it does. Sound I mean, the good. engraving on that call yeah, is right. Pretty sweet because it's it's a bunch of curls, ain't it? Yeah, it's a bunch of curls. curled feathers. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, all right. So we got that all out of the way. We have uh, today. We're going to go over the ten unspoken rules of duck hunting, which I never. I knew there was rules, but I never really noticed this until Tyler brought it up to us. Um, this is actually an article. Is it a Ducks Unlimited article? This yeah. one was not. This one was on. What is it? It's on unspoken or no uh, projectupland.com dot mm-hmm. com by right. Chad Fix. <clears throat> I mean, they definitely fall in line with a lot of stuff that we, I'm sure we and everybody else has opinions on. So there's 10 of them. Um, so we'll just go down the list, get everybody's opinion on them. The first one is know the rules and regulations. So this is this art, this little section of this article is mainly talking about like trespassing, poaching, motorized decoys. You know, how do you guys feel about that? How do you feel about that amongst yourselves? You know, inviting people mm. to hunt with your group. Go better get y'all's notepads out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what you got to say then. Go ahead. No, Mr. I mean, I, I am 100% against motorized or any type of, of decoy that um, is not attached to a jerk string. I mean, if, if it is a battery operated decoy, I, I mean, I'm not a fan of them. I never have been. I just, I don't, I don't think that from, from the the guys that started duck hunting back in the the market hunting days and and how it progressed, which I understand every sport progresses, but the guys that originally started duck hunting, I don't think that they would be very proud of us if we were out there using mojos All every right. day. I don't know. I think so, the market hunting guys would have been like, they hey, would, yeah, let me it. drop them. I mean, they were shooting <laughs> punt guns, so I mean. Yeah, they would have. They now oh, they okay, may be so, like, well, so why are you guys market, just shooting a twelve? Well, I know okay, what you're so, saying. I think right, the difference not, back then. Yeah, though. I just used yeah. the word market hunter, but I'm thinking the guys that. So okay, so let's say the the real OGs, the guys that are just out there. It was a recreational sport. It was what they love to do. But they are you talking about those cats that were wearing canvas waders and yeah. push pulling in. So the guys that that they did it for the love of the birds. Not okay. to sell the birds. That's where I made the mistake. I shouldn't have said market hunters because those guys were shooting them to sell them. Yep. But the guys that were shooting them to to bring them in and they were enjoying being out there and it was a, a trophy sport for them, I don't think they would be the ones that they don't want us out here using mojos. Right. Okay. And honestly, I think it, it teaches birds too much. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it, it does. does teach birds too much, especially those, what they call them, the... The dominant hen or the alpha hen or whatever, you know, I'm sure it kills a bunch of alpha hens or it did. But nowadays, if you're going to do anything with a bunch of mojos, you have to have like eight to ten. You think so? Yeah, I think so. I've been on hunts with eight to ten. Right. And it really does damage. It's a a completely different reaction to them versus three or four. Right. So if if you're going to hunt mojos, (laughs) you might as well not hunt. Right. If you can't get more than... Six. Yeah. I wouldn't hunt them at all. Now, when I read this article, uh, and it said, know the laws and regs, I was like, how is that an unspoken rule? That that should be a duh. But when I was thinking about it, one thing that I thought that a lot of people do, and we've done it before too, is don't glorify the things that you've done in the past that might be illegal, even if it's like a funny joke, because I know we do that a lot. But I think for the younger guys, what are you looking at like that? I think for the younger guys that are first into the sport, if they see – somebody that they respect 
kind of glorifying yeah that one day we accidentally shot two two more you know because they were pintails or something other i think they can get it in their head that it's kind of okay right to do that right. you know well i think a lot of the mentality is if i don't get them someone else is going to yeah and so yeah. i only hunt 10 yeah. days a year right. it's not like exactly. i'm hurting anything yeah well so what do you guys think more and again staying on this question you know know the rules and regulations what do you guys think as far as inviting people i think that's probably I mean, as far as like inviting somebody, so if somebody, if you guys invite a new guy to come home with you and say, for example, we're on a WMA and he pulls out a mojo or he, you know. I think you tell him the night before. What do you think about that? No, and but that's a hunter if, that a kid if that's some like guy shows up and we hadn't hunted with him and he shows up and pulls a mojo out, like, I mean, I'm just going to tell him to put it back in the bag. Go, I'm going to tell him go to the truck. Yeah. <laughs> like, go put it up. Because, yeah. I mean, if you've got it on you out there, they oh, don't true, know if yeah. you've been using it Get to swimming, homie. Okay, yeah. I got a tough one for you. What if we are, what if we're hunting some public land and we're right on the line and, and we can literally see that all these birds are just flushing in 20 yards over the line? What do you, what y'all's take on that? What do you mean? So, like, if we're hunting public on the line and then they're flushing on, are on they running on private? And they're right. 20 yards over 20 on 20 yards over on private. Well, I mean, and right on I'm, the line. No, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to cross, cross it. No. Yeah. But I'm going to tuck up close to that line. Yeah. And I'm gonna <laughs> <tuck it. laughs> You've heard the song Blurred Lines. I mean, I'm going to get right up there on it and try to get them to. Y'all's phone signal will never go out a little bit when you get close to the line. No, no, no. Okay. All right, so that was the first one. Again, just unspoken rules. Next one is show up early. And part of this article was, is the extra 15 minutes worth it, sleeping no. in? No, never. 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 Never worth it. I'm always early. I'll let you guys rag on me. I'm I'm always late, especially during duck season. But yeah, my excuse, too, it's not a an excuse, but it's just I, a humble brag, I guess. I try to hunt so much that I just wear myself out bad. So it's like after the – after the first couple of times, uh, first couple first weeks, week. after the first week, it's like <laughs> expect me there fifteen minutes late. No, I can't, I can't stand being late. I'm yeah. always I can't on the other either. side. Fifteen minutes early, or or I'm late. Yeah, I, that that's a pet peeve. Now, if I invite somebody, I'll usually tell them I want to I want to be at this place super early. So if you can't do that, you need to let me know. Right, right. I normally try to tell everybody, hey, I'm gonna be there. At this time, and I plan to be there 15, 20 minutes earlier than that. That way I get there on time. Right. But I, I honestly, I mean, if I say, if we say, okay, we're leaving at three, I'm usually up by two. Jeez. Just because, I mean, well, number one, my body oh, can't, yeah. Yeah, yeah, body can't sleep. Oh, I'm right. up at like one thirty if we're leaving yeah. at three. I'll tell you guys a funny thing. So, you know, I hunt with you guys. I have another group of my guys from, you know, that I went to high school and college with that I hunt with. And my my college, or I don't know what to call it, my Muddy Foot Outdoors group that I've been hunting with forever, they're all my age, all lower 20s, mid-20s. Um, we're always late. None of us are. <laughs> none of us are. I mean, some... Trey was early. Trey yeah. might have been early, but most of the time, there's a, one of us that's either running late or whatnot. But I noticed with you guys, or even with other groups I've hunted with that were a little bit older, you guys are always, always there early. So, you know, what's kind of your thoughts on it as far as just inviting people? If if I invite somebody, if they're if they're late the first time, that's okay. But right. if if you're constantly late, then I'm I would never say anything because I'm not a confrontational person. But I just won't be happy. Right. Okay. Okay. But I do have something to say okay. about this. So you show up early, you do everything you're supposed to do, and some other group breaks that first unspoken mm. rule and is in your spot, and you did everything you were supposed to do. How do you respond to that? Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, I've been there be before. Happy. Yeah, we have all yeah. been there before. Yeah, I've been there before. It. Uh, I mean, it's frustrating, but I mean, you. For me, I just respect the fact that you're in there. I mean, I. I mean, I can't do anything to get you out. So yeah. you. You beat I mean, me. You, 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 you. You illegally beat me, but you beat me. Yeah. 
So. You say that, but a lot of places we go to, it's like, all right, you can put in at this ramp off of this lake, you know, and you can't take off till four. But if you can come, you could be sitting on the no, river man, at I've any had, time. I've had people beat me into a hole that there was no other way to get into. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I've seen guys leave leave early. They'll walk around out in the woods like they're going to see oh, a man right about on. a dog, and then they don't yeah. show back up. Yeah. yeah, their buddies will grab their stuff and right. take right. off, and yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah. sorry, rascals. Mm-hmm. Man, mm-hmm. it's been a while since I've seen that. Did you guys see that any of that this past season? Uh, I didn't see it this past season. It was the season Not anywhere that we hunted. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Season before last. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Next question we got, or the next topic we got, our unspoken rule. Sorry. Uh, Do not set up close to other hunters. So if you're running late, don't let it push you to set up close to somebody. I mean, I, th- I think this this horse has been beaten. But I, to say, I feel like we talked about this <laughs> one before. <laughs> this horse, this horse has been beaten. But what's but, what's the appropriate distance? How far should you be from somebody? Oh, I don't don't. I mean, don't ask me that. I, if if it were me, like I don't want you within probably five hundred yards. Five hundred yards. Yeah, that's a good way. Uh, that's that's yards. pretty far. Way. Well, so but but think. Okay, so just to let's throw this out there. The couple the the times we hunted by Amita and there were groups around us. I mean, they weren't. I mean. In there, in that block we were in, it may it may be difficult to be 500 yards away right, from somebody. Yeah, right. So if they're, so are you guys cool if they're 200 yards away? Because we had people set up on us that were 40 yards away. This yeah. past I mean, so. honestly, with today, with the, the amount of, uh, I don't know what you call it, like Onyx. Like if, right. if you're going through the hole and you're like, man, we're late, but we want to go to a hole past you. Drop a pin on that hole, and as you're walking, put a tracker on or something. Right. That way, you know how far you are away, and you set up. You get to your spot. You're thinking, "Oh, this would be a good second. And you look at it, and you're it's like, only, "Man, I'm only I'm only sixty yards away. We need to keep going." Right. Like at least at least have enough integrity and decency just to keep trucking. Well, the the issue that I that I feel like we run into is the guys. They okay, so they know what hole they're going to, and they may they may go. 60 yards away and they go oh well this is the hole we know is 60 yards away they're just gonna have to deal with it that a lot of people i think are scared to go okay we don't know where exactly we're going so even though we're, we may move we're just gonna have to figure it out as we get further away but right. instead they're just gonna go oh well we're gonna just go hunt yeah. the 60 yards well their right. thought is well it's public land right I, mean, exactly. I bought my stamps too so yeah. i'm just gonna hunt here and they're gonna have to deal with it and right I mean, if that's the way you're going to do it, then put your calls in your bag and pull a jerk string. Right. You know, uh, that's just my opinion. Right. What right. about what about asking to join people? Yeah, so I was going to say that scenario, too. What if um, if you say you're set up in a hole and you got a group that's coming in, you know, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes before shooting hours, would you rather them join you or just depend on them to try to get as far away from you as they can, even though they've told you, hey, we don't know where else to go besides here? And and I'm guilty, guilty, guilty of this. But I'm I'm especially when it's in the moment, it is hard for me to 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 set my stuff aside and go. You know what? Y'all just join us. Well, and I mean, I think you've got a couple of factors that go into it. Like if you're sitting in a a good hole that has plenty of places to hide, then I think you'll be more apt to let those guys hunt with you. The place we were at this year, we could barely hide three guys in it, and then three more come tromping in right. at like 15, 20 minutes before shooting light. And it's right. like, there's nowhere to put y'all. So you're talking about going 200 yards over here or 500 yards this way. Either way, you're not going to make that before shooting light right. starts. Right. Right. right, So just my opinion, I think if, if there's plenty of room to put them and it's not equal to your party or more than your party, like if you're out there hunting by yourself, yeah, y'all come jump in with me and hunt. Yeah, you know, 
four cards is better than one, but if it if you ain't got room for them, ain't got anywhere to hide them, then it don't it's not going to do anybody any good. Yeah, but I feel like when those when you if you give those people that that reasoning, I mean, a lot of times they're going to think you're just full of BS. They right. just think they think you're lying to them because they don't you don't want them to hunt with you. When honestly, I mean, you kind of need to trust the people that are sitting there and go, man, we've looked around and we literally have the three spots to hide. Like this is it. So mm-hmm. now, what what about because this has happened to me before? Me and a buddy got set up in a spot. It was opening day. We knew we were in a good spot because we'd killed them there before. We'd seen ducks there. And somebody came and set up, you know, 200 yards off us. But we're hunting a lake. So it was, you know, very much going to affect us. Mm -hmm. I told a buddy, I said, just go over there and tell them, come over here and join with us. That way we're not busting ducks off each other. And they said no. Said no. We just just rather be 200 yards away. There you go. I mean, I can't understand that. Because that that just means like, no, we don't care about y'all. We don't care about your hunt. We're just we just rather fight for the birds. Mm-hmm. All right. Now I mean we killed ducks and they didn't because they couldn't blow duck call. Okay. But, you know, were they younger guys? They were younger guys. No, I mean, hmm. no offense to the younger no, guys. No, no. Just I'm the fact. about that for the younger guys. Just I was thinking, the fact. I think you have two, and we'll talk about this on maybe our next episode or eventually when we talk about uh, like what stage of a hunter you're at mm-hmm. or you are. But I think uh, I think you have some groups too that are like all right, we dedicate all this energy into duck hunting. This is my hobby, and this is my one thing that I do with my boys. So whenever right. I get to my hole, I just want to hunt with just my guys that I'm out here to hunt with. Yeah, get that. I think you – and I've definitely been there. I've been to where, you know, I'm just out there with my buddies, and I don't want anybody to hunt with us because it's just our time to hang out because everybody has had that kind of awkward time where you had two guys roll into the hole, and, you know, you didn't really know them, and they kind of – I don't know. It just kind of got a little awkward in the hole. I don't, I don't know if you guys have well, had it, that. Well, it always gets awkward. I mean, when people roll up in your hole right. and you're sitting there, it, it's always awkward well i mean and two you're gonna have to you're gonna have to watch these guys and you're gonna have to say okay are they gonna be game hogs are they are they they (laughs) safe are they gonna call it everything that flies regardless if it's a black bird tweed bird or a jet i mean i'm my number one thing when i hunt with a bunch of new guys and no offense caleb every time i was out with you or or that crew i mean i was watching everybody i was watching safeties swinging guns i mean that's just me right but um, that's I put I put objects in between me and the other guys that I don't know right, just because I'm right. Like, are they going to black As out? You should shoot? by the way, <laughs> right? <laughs> don't look at me. You would do that. <laughs> you know. He said, "Are they going to black out?" I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come to what happened? Yeah. <laughs> so wait, did we? Okay, so let me. I want to rewind a little bit. Did we talk about what? our expectations are for when you invite somebody. So like if you call somebody, invite them to hunt or or if if you're with a group and they invite somebody, I mean, kind of what are your expectations for that person? Like, I mean, if, if they, if they show up, what can, what can they do to make sure they come back versus if they, if they do one of these things, what are you sending them away for? Like you're never getting to hunt again. I'm pretty lenient. As long as you're safe. Yeah. And as long as you don't say, well, this sucked. Yeah. Then I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm good. You can come back. Yeah, I think I, I'm not too hard on it. Yeah, don't complain. It. If you're a guest and you complain, mm-hmm. that's a that's bad mojo. And I think that too is going to come back whenever we cover the stages of a hunter. Yep. Because in my younger days, when I took somebody and I, you know, hey, I've never been, but I'd love to go. Okay. Come sit right here. Don't move. Keep your head down, and I'll tell you when to look up and when to get your gun to shoot. And my, now I'm in a different stage. I'm like, yeah, man, come on, bring your calls. I don't know how to call. Bring them anyway. 
Yep. You know? Right. No, and I, I'm with y'all. So, okay, let me throw let me throw another one at you. So, Forrest, if, if that person comes, they do everything right, they're safe, they don't complain. But then two weeks later, you roll back out there, and they're out there mm-hmm. with five of their buddies. Mm. Save that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. no, never mind. Go ahead and answer that. No, that, uh, I mean, that's part of it. That is. I mean, that's part of the etiquette. I, I would... I would want to know why they didn't ask me first. Now, if they asked Probably me, plan. if they asked me, oh no, you mean like if they showed up and didn't like didn't say anything yeah. about it or whatever? Oh, then they don't get invited back. Okay, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You get one whole off of me, you'll not get two. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the way I feel about yeah. it. That's true. That's no, a that, good point. I, I'm I'm with them. I will say though, um, one last thing on this topic because I I think hopefully we've all been there. I've definitely been in situations where we rolled up. We got to the, or we were going to a hole that we were, you know, feeling pretty, uh, pretty positive and pretty good about. And somebody was in that hole and it was like, well, damn, we're screwed. And it was just like the next, uh, idea was just, let's just go as deep and as far away as we can just set up somewhere. Mm -hmm. And we found a banger hole. So, you know, if you ever listen to this and you do run up into a group and they don't want you to hunt with them or, you know, you just kind of get in that vibe, you want to go do something else. Don't be discouraged about that morning because I've had a bunch of really good mornings where we found some really killer spots just because. Well, that's what I was saying home. is some some guys, I feel like they that happens. Right. And then they're like, oh, well, those guys don't want us to hunt when we know this one little spot that we were trying to get to right next to them. Right. And well, I guess we're just going to hunt 40 yards from them because that's the only spot we know. Like, right. I feel like some people are like, they're scared to, to go explore and possibly find that, right. that different spot. Right. Yeah. I mean, one of the better hunts I've. I had growing getting whenever I was younger in the sport is some guys beat us to the only spot we really knew in there. And we were like, all right, well, well where next? Well, one of the guys like, Hey, I mean, last time we were here, I seen birds going down. It was like three or 400 yards over here. Another finger of woods that stuck yeah. out. And so we hiked in there and my Lord, it was a hike. But when we got in there, we killed like four limits of birds and we were out there by eight o'clock. Yeah. So, I mean, it was like, well, you know, right, <laughs> that works out. Pick up, pick up your holes. Right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Ed, y'all, you guys, let it be a learning experience. Yeah. Don't don't get pissed. Just yeah. keep trucking. You may find something better. Yeah, but on the flip side of it, you know, if you see one or two guys roll up, and you know, you can tell they don't have anywhere else to go, and you're feeling nice, you let them hunt with you. Yeah, because I mean, it, it may end up paying off. Yeah, one way I see it, one or two guys. If if you've got the spot and you can hide them. And y'all can hunt there and you can, everybody's going to have good clean shots. You're not having to shoot over top of somebody or you're not staggered in there or something. If you can get in there and you can do that, then I think more the merrier in that case, but. Right. And then another, and there's so many different points in this, but like another point too, that I've had experiences with is hunting with somebody or vice versa, letting somebody else hunt with us. And then you kind of, you get their phone number and then you just have another good networking connection throughout the rest of the season. So there's a lot of different ways to look at it. Um. Yeah, my biggest piece of advice though is just don't be a just don't be a jerk to anybody. Yeah, you know? try not to be anyway. I'm just gonna start getting out there and asking guys for their phone numbers. At the ramp at when the they ramp. unload ducks, how many? One more kill? number, I'd have a full phone number. <laughs> I love it. So, I got six numbers. So this next one, I, I kind of I, I I balk at this one, but the next one is uh, if you can't call, don't call. No, call. I'm, you got I, calls, I don't call. agree with that. I mean, because how else are you going to learn? No, exactly. And the article goes into, you got nine months to learn. No. The it's, article goes into, if you can't hold a tune, don't call. Or you can't hold a note, then don't call. Well, there's no better place to practice than around other guys that know how to call. Because right. they can correct you. I mean, they yeah. say, hey, try 
try doing this instead of that or man you're grunting way too much into that call well, right. just to just to speak from experience i feel like i um learned how to to find that that high pitch on a call sitting mm-hmm. out at straight lake with force yeah so i mean that was that was where i mean me and force sat there and, and we're throwing high balls on calls and yeah. just trying to find that high pitch and that was that was where i found my right. my pitch right and you can tell a bunch about a call or the way a call sounds different blowing in your truck or out at your house versus in flooded timber right i mean right to me calling flooded timber sounds completely different than it does anywhere else right one thing i don't like about this rule is there's two things about duck calling one you blow a duck call to sound really good Mm -hmm. like competition callers can sound more like a duck than anybody but sounding like a duck doesn't call ducks in Making a duck react and respond is what calls ducks in. And oh, I've yeah. heard plenty of people that do not sound anything like a duck be able to hit that bird at the right time and hit the right notes on that bird and make it come in. You know, yeah. I, I think I, I totally disagree with this. The only time, the only way that I would agree with this is if you go on like a guided hunt or something or another, then you may not want to pull your calls out at first. But I mean, you can ask, but. Well, so look at this from the perspective of if you're an invitee or you're inviting somebody to hunt with you and, and your guys, you know, it's their first time hunting. Yeah, that that was, I was fixing to bring that yeah. up. Like, hey, if, if you get invited on a hunt and you can't call very well, I'd wait and see how the morning's going. I mean, if it's a banger and you don't, all you need to really focus on is loading your gun and shooting, then do that. If it's a slow morning and there's not really anything happening, man, just ask, hey, I'm new, new to calling, can I cannot practice right right because i'm gonna tell you there have been a lot of hunts that we've been sitting there just bs and blowing on duck calls like trying to learn a bouncing hen or trying to learn this and that and all of a sudden also a bird, duck will right? just yeah. fall in out of the sky with his i mean his wingtips touching and you're like well nobody shoots him because nobody's <laughs> right, got a hand on right. a gun yeah. you know but i mean it happens more than not that when you're just goofing off i mean i i'm right. trying to I'm learn all, you're if you're learning to call you're not going to learn unless you show up and call. Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah. But if you're invited on a hunt, you need to fill the waters or test the waters before you just be like, let me get my kazoo out. Yeah. You know. And the boys that we hunt with, like Jackson and Lauren and Hunter and them, they've been learning how to blow a duck call, oh, but they, they wouldn't blow it. They asked me, like, hey, can, can I blow my duck call? Oh, I, yeah, blow that <laughs> duck call. I don't yeah. know. You're not bothering me a bit. But I think that also comes back to the stages of the hunter that we're going to talk right, about. Right. You know? I mean, I think, I don't know. I feel, I don't know. I'm kind of mixed on how I feel with it. But I kind of, I guess me personally, my recommendation is if you can't call, wait until later on or later on into the hunt to start calling. Yeah, don't start out there. Don't start the first thing in the morning, like the first shooting hour is calling. Because especially because you don't even know how the morning is going to go. You know, you, yeah. I don't know. You just, I don't know. I wouldn't, I don't know. I've gotten, I've gotten kind of heat, not heated, but. I've gotten kind of mad at guys for calling that couldn't call, but I do get the I do get the idea though that you need to be out there to practice. I would just say practice yeah. later in the morning and tree topping. I, I heard him get mad at somebody over tree topping this past year after yeah. he told them to. I, I, I got mad at a guy for tree topping this year, so he put himself in timeout. Yeah, right. Check well, that in. well that can roll up to our next one, which is uh, another rule: don't sky bust. So we gotta we need to define this rule. What is sky bust? Is it tree topping or no? Is no, it thirty no. yards above treetop? Yeah. Okay. Depend on timber. I mean, if you're in some mature timber that are 80, 90 
90 yards up and to the top of the canopy, right. then anything over top of that canopy is going to be well right. outside of range. Well, I mean, so there was a spot that we hunted this season where if they were technically treetop, you could almost knock them down with a... Yeah, we <laughs> hunted some very stunted <laughs> timber. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, my my definition of, of sky busting is, I mean, those birds are obviously out of gun range. Yeah. Yeah, that's sky busting to me. Right. Now, tree, I'm not a fan of tree topping, but I also know as the season goes on and those birds are, you know, more educated and they're stale and they're, they're just, they're the same birds that show back up every half hour to, to just look at you and mm-hmm. tease you. If they get above treetop and they're within gun range, I mean, why, why not? I mean, you're out there to hunt. I'm out there to shoot birds. If, if they're there, I'm going to shoot them. Yeah, I know plenty of people who would call tree topping sky busting. But, you know, and I don't know when these rules were or when this article came out, but I also think, too, with the just the more pressure these places are getting, sometimes you can't do any better than tree topping them or yeah. even shoot, even shooting them 10 or 20 yards above trees. I mean, if you I don't know if you can hit them, then you I mean you're doing what you need to be doing. Yeah. But OK, so let's go back to to the technology that's come out. I mean, some there's I've seen some guys shoot some birds way out there. I mean, I and I I don't necessarily agree with with that. I mean, I'm I'm all right with tree topping if especially if the hunt has gotten to the point where you know that those birds you've seen that same group of birds two or three times they're not going to commit they're going to tease you but you can still get a shot at them i'm perfectly okay with i honestly i don't like going home empty-handed so i mean i <laughs> if i can get a shot at one i'm gonna get a shot at one yeah but if it's if it's something where you're you know you're shooting a long range choke and they're 80 yards out there i don't agree with that no i don't either but i think if you know your equipment, you know what you're capable of shooting, then by all means. Yeah, I think you just know your limits. Barrel. Know your limits of what your gun can do and what you can do. Because, I mean. Well, what if I show up and I'm like, well, I know I know, I can shoot 100 yards. Y'all don't know I can shoot 100 yards, but I really can't shoot if you miss, I just think that I can shoot If you miss three or four times in a row, I'm going to say something like, you might not yeah. want to shoot at them that well, far. And what I say by knowing your equipment and your, and your limitations is... Go shoot around a sporting clays somewhere like Blue Rock if you're in Arkansas. If you can go through a round of a hundred and you're in the upper nineties, then you know oh, sh- shoot who that. That's coming from. <laughs> no, I'm just saying like ninety out of a hundred is pretty pretty tough. I'm not gonna say. <laughs> that. I think it is ninety out of a hundred. I shot a ninety-eight out of a hundred down there one day. <laughs> I mean, I've shot good too like that before, but but I mean, and but that comes from. That that comes from my, we we shot a lot. I mean, right. those few seasons that we were shooting that much, like not many came in that didn't that that, that left. Right. I mean, I, I mean I, okay. So just to put it plainly, nine out of ten, we're <clears throat> trying to put birds on the water. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we that's what we try and do. Um, okay. So let me let me this past season, how many times can y'all think just off the top of your head right now that we shot? Let's say just treetop. I can think of two. I did twice. I shot two at treetop, mm-hmm. and I killed both of them. Mm-hmm. He sure did. But that's because it was a it was a good swing shot. That is, you know, for a right handed hunter, it was left to right. So I mean, out in front of you is a good easy swing. It's not like you were trying to get out in front of them, track them over the top of the gun or something. I mean, that's it was again, a, I mean. One thing is, is like if the belly of the bird is facing you, then you, you're shooting at vitals then, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, yeah. whereas if it's like 
the back. If it's eye level or something, yeah. other than you've got to go through wings and all that stuff too. Right. So straight over the head is not, I mean, not yeah. actually the worst shot in the world. No, it's not. And I mean, it's, like I said, it's it's a lot of what you're comfortable shooting, what your equipment can shoot, and what you can kill them at. Yep. I mean, you may be able to wing one down all day at 60, but... Doesn't mean you should. How many yeah. are you going to recover at 60 right, right. if you just wing them? I mean, especially like the stuff we were hunting in that last weekend, mm-hmm. that thick boat rush like that. I mean, you dog can only do so much to get, get one out of six back. Right. Right. So, I mean... <clears throat> Uh, I, I mean, I, I just, I find it interesting. I like to know people's opinions on that. Well, just so, because, oh, sorry. No, I mean, we're, we're, we are definitely, um, and I think everyone at this table is, is more prone to, we want to put birds in, in our face. And yeah. that's what we try. And I mean, honestly, I've sat with these guys and, and we have worked birds over and over and over again. And I mean, a lot of everybody here is patient. But that patient runs out. Well, how many times this year could have we, or oh, could yeah. we have yeah. treetopped or even shot birds that were just on the edge of being where we wanted them? Right. But we every didn't hunt. because we yeah. were every hunt. Yeah, every hunt. I'd rather, I'd rather watch them break through the treetops. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just me. But again, I think y'all should have lowered your standards and shot I some think, more. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it all comes back to what stage you're in. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's very true. Yeah. I mean, we're going we'll, we'll, we'll to beat that stage Yeah, we are going to beat that stage. Well, so look at it from this perspective. I know some guys who just refer to sky busting as somebody just taking a shot without calling it or taking a shot without the group calling it. That's jump shooting. Jump shooting? In my in my terms or whatever. What do y'all think about that? I mean, I, I kind of agree with Forrest. It's more of a jump shoot. If you shoot, if you so. if you're in a group of guys and you just haul off and shoot whenever when somebody's still calling or something like that, that's a that's a pretty low blow. That's a big no no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What if uh, it's just stale? No one's really calling, and someone just picks up and shoots and folds one. That was still maybe treetop. I mean, I mean or... if you kill him, I'm not. I mean, well, great <laughs> shot. <laughs> Good yeah. job. Well, we mean, know who got one, it. Yeah. If we if, if he's one of those that's just slipping through the hole and mm-hmm. you don't nobody notices him. Yeah, right. Pull up and pop him. Well, I think Caleb means like we've been calling. We get quiet, and then the bird swings right over the top. And we're you know the people that are calling like well one more pass, but somebody raises up and shoots oh, anyhow yeah. and kills it. Mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna think some not nice things about right. that person, but. I might think it, but if you kill him, I mean, I don't well, know okay. killed a good it. shot. No. I mean, I, that last weekend, uh, I shot that widgeon, and the whole time I was yelling, y'all shoot it, y'all shoot it, y'all shoot it, nobody shot. I don't even remember that. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> it was right to left. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, if it's a single and, and the four of us are sitting in a hole and one person pulls their gun up, I'm going to let them shoot once, maybe twice, before I go trying to get my gun up. Because I'm like, what's the point in two of us shooting at the same bird? If more than likely the first person is going to hit it and kill it, right? He's got some confidence in us. I like that. I feel good. Well, Barrett was <laughs> mad at him. He brought like a case of shells Shot and still ran out of them. Right. <laughs> I was down there with a rake, raking them up. <laughs> which one? Which one are you going to next? Because I thought we skipped one. We yeah, didn't don't, skip one. Don't shoot okay. swing birds. Yep. Don't shoot. Don't shoot swinging birds. Or birds working another group. Now, if if you're shooting somebody's swing birds, how close are you to them? Because mm. I thought that kind of broke the earlier rule. We're going to tell on us. Yeah, I mean, I did. I mean, I think we should. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, bro, you were there. You were there. The guy Which walked first? in, he said, Caleb? No. Oh. <laughs> I wasn't I there. <laughs> Barry almost beat up a damn kid. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just uh, Yeah, we, uh, I mean, we're, we're guilty as just everybody else. 
Well, hold on. That wasn't what? a true swing. I don't know, agree with that. That's not a true swing bird moment. So let me just set the stage. You're set. You're on. Let's just say by Mita. You got three or four different groups that are around you. But right. let's say they are three to four hundred yards away, and you can hear them calling. Mm-hmm. They're working birds. Do you shoot those birds if they decide to start working you? Or you if know, they're three hundred yards does, away. Then yeah, I mean, that, if they if they work over your hole. I mean, to me, that's not a swing bird. I mean, I'm not going to hail call at them, try to right. pull them off, but right. I am going to, I'm going to yeah. feed chatter at right. them and, you know, just do single quacks and stuff on there. Cause if they swing over that far, yeah. then those other guys exactly. didn't hit them hard enough to pull them back. Right. Cause okay. I mean, if you're hunting public land, you don't want the things pulling more than what, 150 mm-hmm. yards off yeah. so, of if that. So let's do this scenario then. All right. Opening weekend, mm-hmm. Biomeda, people everywhere. Oh, Jesus. You're 150 <laughs> yards away from the closest group. Their swing birds come over you. You're not going to shoot them. You're going to be nice. But do you call at them? I'm going to call at them, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to scream at them. I'm going to scream at them. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I mean, yeah, I'm going to talk I mean, to them. I might be, to, that might be bad. By so, me, okay, so, opening weekend is a whole nother So, animal. obviously, this table has different definition of swing birds. So, what's your definition of a swing bird from a distance standpoint? My definition of a swing bird is if you know there's a group behind you, to the north of you, whatever, and you can hear them calling, and you can see the birds working. Like, what's the what's the? So, like, uh, I, I mean, I'm just, I mean, I feel like 200, 300 yards away, you think you can still hear a group calling? That's a, see, to me, wind. that's a long ways away. If, if the wind's blowing at you, then yeah. yeah. So let's can. say 200 yards. You know, 200 yards are far enough away, but they kind of maybe still seem close. If they're working birds and they're, and they're you know, you can hear them calling, they're swinging around you, and they keep on treetopping, if you will, over your hole. You know, after three or four times of doing that, what do you do? If they're getting over the top of me, I'm calling at them. Yeah. I'm not going to shoot them. exactly right. Yeah. But if, yeah. if they're midway between us and you can distinctly tell they started them, then I probably won't call you, at those. You call soft enough uh, for the group not to hear you? <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to call. If they're <laughs> upwind of me, actually. they're not going to hear me. <laughs> we're going to call, but we won't shoot until they break that hole. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. But... And, but that's also this talking about timber. We all hunt places that are more mm-hmm. big open marsh where like we hunted Raft Creek this year. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you could see three different groups that were probably in the range of four to 500 yards right. away. Yeah. And, you know, they had some birds that were working and they flew over us and vice versa. I'm sure, you know, I think once you're at a certain distance, though, you know, if you could see like those, I could see those guys over there, but they're like five, six, seven hundred yards away. I feel like if they're that far away, then. Go ahead and shoot them if they're so. So my my thoughts are like okay. Obviously, if that bird gets out of shot range for those people, and they come over towards us and they're within shot range, like we should be able to call. And I mean, we should be able to work those birds because I mean they're they're essentially over our hole. Am right. I wrong? No, I don't no, think so. I agree yeah, with I don't you. Think so. so okay, so and what I I mean I wanted to talk about the story about the fact that the guys set up 40 yards from us right we were competing for the same birds yeah um i mean and and i to me that's more of an a, a swing bird those guys were close enough that we were calling at the same birds um we knew we were calling at the same birds and right. it was those birds would peel off of their call and swing over the top of us right so and it was short me, yes everything out there was what 15 foot tall right. max. So, so I mean so I that to me was the quintessential swing bird. Like that definitely were, is. Yeah. And I would definitely say don't shoot that bird. Oh, well, well we did. You set up 40 <laughs> yards off of me. So I mean and but in that in that standpoint, which I it's petty, but yeah. They'd we already broke two of the rules that morning, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I was like <laughs> Y'all broke two, we broke one. Yeah. Y'all are still worse. Two two strikes. Two I strikes. mean honestly, just if you're going to set up and you can hear the guys talking and you right. can laugh at the jokes they're telling and 
yeah. you know, all that, then you're too close. Yeah. Like, I know it's public land. Everybody has the same right to it. But, right, right. You know, it all comes back to What's who the, taught you and all that. What's the video? Ezekiel. Ezekiel. <laughs> What's your name? <laughs> Yo, YouTube that. Yeah, yeah, Not if you're young. Yeah. <laughs> Not if you're young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next rule. Does anybody have any ideas? I'm, no, I'm good. good. All right. The next rule is give fair chase to down game. So don't let your wing birds be an inconvenience for you. I like that one's important. AKA, yeah. as soon, I mean, if you wing a bird, go ahead and get it, even though, you know, you, got you may more have the guy wolf, saying, yeah. hey, we got more birds working. Yeah. 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 Because that goes back to if the know the law. Yeah. Right. Because if you don't make every attempt to retrieve a down bird, then that's a wanton waste ticket. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, and but, it, take, it counts against your limit if you knock it down, yeah. whether you get it right. back or not. Right. So. I, and I feel like we we did a really good job this year. We tried. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean I, we we lost a few birds. We lost a couple birds, yeah. and it was in that nasty trash stuff. Yeah. That if if they don't get killed and they go under it and get under it, you're not going to get them back. Right? They'll just go in there and hang up under something. I, I winged one, and the current caught it, and Huck went after it. And I and honestly, about 20 minutes later, I was like, "Well, Huck's gone too." Oh, so, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then, when not, was that? Uh, it was a uh, uh, bout of view. Oh, I don't remember. Oh, names. That's okay. It's, it's bigger. Like, it was, yeah, but anyways, it was heavy current. I mean, down to a good looking green head hit the water, and that current grabbed him, yeah. and he was gone. And Huck saw him, and luckily sent Huck. Huck was on him, and Huck took that current and just chased him all the way down. And I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. He was gone for half an hour. Yeah. And then a little while later. You see this black head come swimming back up with that bright green top with him. And wow. I was like, Man. That's awesome. He got it. Yeah. I will say, uh, oh, sorry. You go no, ahead. go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I feel like, uh, you know, the most times that you see that, or I see that, in my opinion, is when you're hunting lakes or big open water or swamp, somewhere yeah. where it's like, okay, we winged, there are two or three of them, but we got to get the boat out to go get them. Yeah. You know, I've I've been in a bunch of situations where we didn't make that the priority right, we should have, right. you know, so. So, is, would a down bird even be just, it's dead? This is, that article is mainly talking about cripples. I think the cripples. Hurry yeah. up and so, grab your cripple for it. In my guys. opinion, if, if they, when they hit the water, especially somewhere you've got to go get the boat because you don't have a dog or right. conditions right. just don't allow you to have a dog, go ahead and hit that bird again, finish yep, it right. off just yep. in case, right. and keep an eye on it. Right. You know, because if you can get three or four birds down, then, hey, go grab the boat. Let's get them real quick so we can get back in here. Right. Or if you're out in a, a big mar- a field, still mm-hmm. water, that you don't have to worry about them going anywhere. Right. You know, shoot four or five, you know, and then go get them. As long as they're not flopping around trying to swim off. Right, right. That's, yeah. I mean, that's my opinion. Have any of you guys ever uh, went to go pick up one of these crippled birds I was way out there and had to end up having a band on it? That's what I always think of. I always think of, uh, let's hurry up and go get that bird because it might have a band on it. My my first banded bird that I shot, it was a it was a wounded or it was a wood duck. I shot it, uh ran out of shells or whatever, and I saw the duck crawl up on the bank and like get into all this nasty brush. I didn't know it was banded at the time and I could have we were on the way out when I killed it. Really? So I could have just said, I'll forget it and whatever. But I went up there and I searched for a little bit before I actually found it and it was in a bunch of briars. Right. And Dug it out of there and had to wring its neck and noticed, oh, it's got some jewelry on it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> but, that's awesome. That's no, what I always yeah. have in my mind whenever a cripple falls way out that's there. That's the one. Yeah, yeah that's that the was one. the one. Mm-hmm. Now, I have, whenever I had Chase, we have been on a hunt before, sent him after a bird. He goes and gets it, comes back, and then turns right back around, sits down and stares like, 
send me again. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, there's only one down. Back, send him. You know, he tears out through there and comes back, and there's another one that somebody else has shot. And, I mean, you can tell it, it was shot a couple of days ago. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you're like, well, I'm going to tote it out. Right. You know, I, uh, I hunted a, a private field this past season, and uh, the we got out there and got set in the blind. I mean, it's dark, and I could not get Huck to chill out. I mean, that dude was, he was whining. I was like, what in the world? I was like, I think he has to, you know, he has to piss or something. Right. So I was like, so I took him out of the blind. So he'd go to the bathroom and dude just bolts. He's gone. I was like, oh my gosh, it's pitch black. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm yelling, you know, trying to, I was like, what is he doing? Two minutes later, he comes walking back with a wounded bird. A bird that had died the day before. Wow. Dang. Yeah, did it have a band on it? No, it didn't. No band. <laughs> hey, I will say a little. It was little, a fat greenhead. Really? Though. I will yeah. say a quick tip. This was years ago. We went and hunted uh, the little CRP timber that's at Bald Knob, and we got walking out, and about, I don't know, like 10, 15 foot up in the tree was a, uh, it was a dead, it was a dead uh, hen, mallard hen, but it was frozen to the tree. Really? Yeah, so. That's cool. If you can't find your birds, look up in the tree. <laughs> they might be in there. Hey, now we did shoot one this past year, and it's sitting in the tree for a little bit. You know yeah, that? it did. It hit the tree and sit there, and I was like, "We're going to shoot it again." Right. And it flopped just right and fell <laughs> right. off. Uh, I will say too, another thing: um, you could get a ticket pretty easy too if you're if you get checked and you know you're close to your limit or you have your limit, and you know maybe the game warden saw two or three yeah. wounded ones mm-hmm. that sit yeah. outside the hole and somewhere. He's and you watching you. Get yeah, yeah. yeah. If, he, if he watched them go down, you don't make an effort to go get them, and then you go yeah. ahead and shoot your limit. You mm. got double waste. double dip. What wasted man? Shot oh, too yeah. big, right? Yeah. Well, before we go on to this next question or the next uh, rule, I forgot about this on the sky bust. And I don't know if this really falls in the rule of sky busting, but I wanted to ask you guys, how do you feel on going, say we're going into flooded timber or flooded timber. We know we're, you know, expecting to shoot some mallards. What does everybody feel like about shooting wood ducks first thing in the morning? Get them. Is that, well, is it get them or is it the unspoken rule not to shoot at the wood ducks unless someone oh, calls bro. it? I mean, we're it's going to depend on who's who you're hunting with. I know if I'm hunting yeah. with Forrest and Barrett that they're going to be fine with me doing it. But right. if we're hunting with your crew, I don't know them well enough to right. be like, oh, we fix them, beat the wood ducks up at first light. Right. You know? Right. I've, I've never, I mean, every time I've hunted with Caleb and, and those boys, I mean, they're we're shooting wood ducks. Yeah, see, but I mean, you've, yeah. you've hunted with them yeah. enough to know. What they what they do? Don't label me as a wood duck killer. Oh, first. oh you are a wood duck killer. <laughs> no, I will. He's say, a he shoot menace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. Uh, I don't know. I think each, each season, everybody gets a little bit more laid back, more and more. But mm-hmm. I feel like in the seasons past, we've definitely are not necessarily me, even though I have been in that position. But myself and some of my other buddies and even guys I've been with have always been like, you know. Hey, we're here to kill mallards, so you know, first light don't even waste See, time on that, shooting wood ducks. But it depends on where you uh, hunt, though. If too, you say it first off, then yeah, that's right, fun. right. I mean, if I hunt with guys I don't know, I'll ask, "Hey, are we shooting wood ducks, or yeah, are you guys? Oh yeah, mallard if purists? Right. yeah, if I'm hunting with guys I don't know, but at the same time, if they if they say, "Oh, we're shooting mallards," and we're like, "Well, I mean, I'm out here, I'm gonna shoot hunt. wood duck. I'm out here duck hunt, so <laughs> I'm gonna drink my coffee with my pinky up today." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I think it's the group. You got to right, ask the yeah. group if right. if you're with people, you know, like with Tyler and Bear or whatever, they they know if the wood duck comes by. I'm just, like I said earlier, my first banded duck was a wood duck. They right. banned them too. Right. They banned it too. So they eat just the same. They eat yeah. better. Better. Yeah. yeah. Definitely no, better. <laughs> I will say, uh, I feel like this past season, I mean, it was just a tough season, obviously, but I feel like this past season was one of those years where I did not see that many mallards come in first part of the morning. 
No. I mean, it yeah. never was like a, a big staple, like, you know, Mallory's coming in the first part of the morning. It never obviously was like that. But in seasons past, there was always a, there was always those hand few or hand, uh, there's a handful of few spots that we would go to and first mm-hmm. thing, you know, in the morning you would have wood ducks, but you'd also have mallards coming and in too. I, f- I feel like there's there's still some spots like that, but I feel like that's majority private now. Yeah. I mean, I it's definitely getting harder and harder to find those places. Yeah. I think that also kind of goes with um, if you're on the X, I think mm-hmm. they come there first. Right. I think yeah, that's I it. That they're going to be there early. I was fixing to say. Now, I was fixing to say. I think if, it's going to depend on. Yeah. Like, if, if you're where they want to be, that's, they're going to be there first thing, right. I feel like. Right. Right. Uh, Unless you have a weather change, like you, sometimes you get those weather change mid morning or whatever, and it'll make them get up and fly around. But, right, right. Yeah. Well, not only that, but if you're hunting the same spot or the same area you've been hunting, and last couple of times you've hunted there, you beat the brakes off of them early. Then hey, let's not flare them off of these wood ducks shooting yeah. these wood ducks first, yeah. right? Because I mean, you know them wood ducks they'll fly at first light and then they'll fly again at what seven forty five eight o'clock. <laughs> they'll kind of get back up, pick up. And, buzz around they're not as easy to kill as they are first line but <laughs> so i wonder with you barrett since you mentioned it do you have you been on have you been on a hunt where it was like first part of the morning there was mallards just piling in so and I say, and one, one of the very very first hunts in my life yeah yes i and i and i and i bring this all up to say like with again with myself and some of my other guys it's always that intention like oh, i hope to god we can just have mallards come in first part of the morning because mm-hmm. like you said that's yeah. how we pretty yeah. much know that we're on the x so you know, it's like one of those just, ex, you know, again, unspoken rules, expectations with some sometimes with my group, but with other groups, too, I know of is, you know, you get to the hole, you just focus in on those mallards first part. Well, and I feel like this past season when we've shot mallards, it's been later in the morning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah no, so, for sure. I was fixing sure. to ask, out of all the hunts you were on this year, how many mornings before shooting light can you remember actually having a mallard working? Oh, multiple. A few. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but not like, like I'm, and this is just me being, I guess, an older guy, but like younger days back in the early mid 2000s, like I remember multiple mornings sitting there and it's still dark and you hear them, them old fat bellies just slapping the water out there in front of it and you're like, before 2015. Yeah. Yeah. Pre 2015. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. And then seems like from now on, and I mean, even at Raft Creek, we had that mallard that was just like, I mean, we could have stuck a gun barrel up in there and whacked it. Oh my gosh, he was right there. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And but it didn't come in and land; it stayed in the air until Mm -hmm. it could see what was going on. And I think, like I said, pre twenty fifteen. I know there's going to be guys out there. It's like you idiots think you would all ever do to us. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, it's just I think it's fewer and far in between getting to see these birds or getting to hear them early in the morning, like. Unless somebody bumps them up off a roof somewhere and they're flying through well, the trees trying right, to get out of right. it. And there's a, there's, a, there's a few places that I know of that you can go and, and hear large amounts of mallards in the morning. Thing is, though, is they're not going to stay there. Right. Yeah. I mean, there, there were a handful of, well, I'd say there were more than a handful of times this season that we had a mallard on the water or, you know, in our spot. Yep. But how often did he hang around? He did not. Exactly. So, I mean, we had that one at Raft Creek that, I mean, like you said, he was buzzing over the top of us just yeah. looking, but he he knew to wait. Right. Yeah. Right. So. All right. Well, here's the next uh, unspoken rule. Don't keep another hunter's bird. So just setting the scenario for you. I thought this was the stupidest rule. No. Why would you keep I, somebody else's bird? I love, I want Tyler to, to give his take on this. <laughs> Man, my opinion, you hunt with somebody in there. And this is just, this is not necessarily keeping someone else's bird this is someone who 
man, everybody volley goes off, bird falls on the opposite end of where they're hunting. And they're like, boy, did y'all see that shot? I killed that bird. I'm like, yes, you did. Here, put this dude on your strap. How many right. birds you got? Right. Oh, I got six. You're I'm done. Like, you're, gun. you're done. You're done. party hunt. <laughs> what do you mean? Hey, you call on them all. You killed them. So right. you, you put them on your strap. Exactly. Unload your take, gun, drink your coffee. Take a seat, son. Right. I hope you brought plenty of coffee because apparently I ain't killed any. So. <laughs> and I will be the last person to call a bird. Right. <laughs> I mean, if we're hunting all together and they're handing them down the line, so everybody's, you know, everybody's got one bird, two birds, you know, so make right. sure nobody's got a strap full. Yep. I'm fine with well, it. Well, that's kind of how it should be. I mean, unless you like, you, you're you're singled out and you're the only one that shot, right. you know, for yeah. a fact which one you shot. No, it's funny though. If you go out, Tyler, when, when, he, when everybody shoots and those birds come in, especially, and I've even noticed this one Huck has brought me a bird and I'll hand it to Tyler and Tyler hand it to somebody else. <laughs> I mean, I'm doing that for three reasons. Yeah. <laughs> one, I may not have killed it. Two, yeah. somebody else is going to claim it. And three, that's less weight I got to carry on the way out. <laughs> right. Because you already carry that 90 pound backpack. Hey, I got to carry toilet paper and coffee and everything else for everybody else because y'all have already told me, oh, well, I ain't carrying any of that because you do. Right. So. Oh man, that that I knew when that one was came up. I was like, "Oh, Tyler, nobody likes a duck claimer." I mean, I mean, hey, if I'm hunting with a bunch of young kids, they're in a different stage of the hunt than yeah, I am. Yeah. I was there when I was, yeah, you know, twenty two, twenty three. I was like, "Whoa, y'all see that shot? I shot that thing upside down," <laughs> you know. And I, I mean, I was stupid. And I tried stuff like that, but. Uh, now then I'm in a different stage and they want to call it. I'm like, here you go. You know, especially some of the guys, the younger kids that have hunted with us or whatever. I mean, they, they still, that exhilaration of oh yeah, feeling the weight on that yeah. strap and, you know, right. hanging them on that strap. Yeah. You walk that mile out with that right. weight on that strap yeah. and you're like, boy, I wish I hadn't claimed all this. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, for those younger guys, yeah, throw them the bird, man. Good shot. Cause they're going to claim it 90% yeah. of the time. Keep them in the woods. Keep, yeah. Keep young guys in the woods. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. I don't know. I with me. I mean, I guess you say that you make me feel bad about myself. I've definitely claimed some birds, hey, but you keep claiming I'm, them. I'm still, well, I've claimed them we'll too. See, I mean, yeah, we've all claimed I, I, them. I'm but. here and now. I'm like, damn. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> with, with me, if okay. So two things, and we've talked about this before. I mean, some I can be a good shot, but I'm not. So if I shoot, if I shoot, if I shoot, I'm a good shot, but I'm not. <laughs> if I shoot one, it's like, dang, I'm pretty sure I hit that. I don't know. The weird thing with me is like any any kind of bird or game period that I shoot at or kill or harvest or whatever, I want to like hold it in my hands. I guess it's yeah. just a gratifying, oh, yeah. gratifying yeah. feeling. So, well, I think one funny example was I can't remember if it was the first hunt or the second hunt out there at Jimbo's. I think it was the first greenhead that we killed. There's second hunt and. Caleb and Tyler both shot at the same time. Oh yeah, but we they didn't. Right. They didn't yeah. know that each other right. had shot. Yeah. The, this green head falls, and I can't remember who said it first. Somebody's like, "Man, I made a good shot on that." I Tyler, Tyler was that. like, <laughs> "I bet Tyler goes, no, I'm pretty sure that twenty gauge when it reached out there and touched it." Yeah, when I, I figured like, out that he'd shot too, but, I was like, "Well, I'm going to rub it in." <laughs> but neither one of them knew that they had shot because they, but they was, shot at the exact. It sounded same like yeah, the same gun. Yeah, I didn't even hear his shot go off. Yeah, yeah, but really, I shot. <laughs> we know that's a lie. Because <laughs> if Barrett would have shot, it'd been boom, 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 boom. Right. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> so, what do you guys feel about? Because uh, this is always a thing with a lot of groups. Whoever's running the dog typically has the game tote full of them. Are any of you guys ever like, man, I, I shot that mallard. I kind of want that greenhead sitting over here next to me. Only if it's got a band on it. Only if it has a band on it. <laughs> we'll get to that when yeah. we get to the stages. See, and I, I don't know. I mean, I, I honestly, I, I love to. 
my favorite thing. I love to take that bird from that dog. Yeah. I, I love to the transfer of that bird into my hand, which I, if, even if I shot it or didn't shoot it or whatever, but the, the transfer of that bird to my hand is like, okay, that was awesome. Right. Getting to watch that whole scenario play out. Right. And then getting to hand it off to whoever actually shot it. And right. then that's it. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, back in the early days, whenever we were in them and I, I had the only dog that we hunted, so every bird came back to me. We kept all the totes right there and we just filled the totes as they came in, stacked the tote on the tree, kept going. Well, I mean, later in life, you hear about these guys that are getting hit with party hunting mm-hmm. and... Yeah. You know, not because you're supposed to have your birds on Tag, your strike right, yeah. in your possession the whole time. So, if you're those guys that are hunting like that, and you've like, man, I'm, we got six guys out here, and I got six limits of birds. Well, you're five birds over the limit, right? At that time, yeah. And I mean, it's not that I don't care. I think party hunting, it's it don't matter. They're all going as long as the birds get clean and get eaten. I don't care, right? But them feds feel a whole different way about it. <laughs> you know, in their opinion, you know, you're out there raping and pillaging. And, right. <laughs> you know, hey, I'm just going to tell you, they, they just soon see that resource, nobody mess with it, and them have an easy job than they would have to get up at 2 o'clock in the morning and sit in the bushes on freezing rain watching us idiots out there trying to kill a bird. Right. So, I mean, yeah. And, I mean, go back and listen to... What is it? Uh, Jeff Foles mm-hmm, and... Uh, mm-hmm. The Warden, Ryan the Warden, Warden. Ryan Warden. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, it's a bunch of stuff that you're like, man, how many times have you done that? Oh, it'll it'll you scare know? you. Yeah, it'll yeah, scare it you into, hey, it will. I'm going to keep my tote by me the whole time. I'm going to leave the rest of my stuff sitting here. I'm going to leave a $1,000 shotgun leaning against a tree, but I'm going to carry these six ducks with me so <laughs> right. nobody gets a ticket by green right. jeans when he right. pulls up here. Yeah. I, we all carry our little duck tote, too, don't yeah. we? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when birds come in, Barrett will... Stick them on his lanyard if he shot them, if not, or on his tote, and if not, he'll toss them down the line to whoever. He he gets five real quick, then he starts handing he them off to people. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> and then I've noticed too, he'll trade them out. Oh yeah, it's yeah. like he trades up. He's like, oh well, I got five till and one mallard. Well, here comes another you, mallard. Trade Here's a till. I'll, I'll like, trade you for a pintail. Here's yeah. a till. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, what did you? Even, what even came in that time? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm on a bartering system when I'm in the woods. <laughs> what you got next over there? All right, this is second to last one. Uh, do not shoot someone else's decoys. Oh well, <laughs> when Forrest tells you to shoot the decoys, just shoot the decoys. You shoot the. If decoys. I tell you to shoot, shoot the decoys, yeah. If I tell you to shoot the decoys, you better shoot the decoys. Man, if they're brand spanking new, pretty, fully flocked or something, Forrest said shoot them. I, well, that's forced. Listen. <laughs> well, listen. Can you, we can we get them up over the top of the decoys? Maybe. What if you've got foam filled decoys? You can shoot them all day you want. Are they, they brand sink. new? They ain't gonna sink. Are they brand new? I don't. Mine aren't foam I mean, filled, so it doesn't matter. Well, I mean, all my decoys are yeah, four plus have, years yeah, old, so I'm like, foam-filled. let her eat, right. boys. <laughs> well, look no. at it from the perspective of if you're inviting somebody. If, <clears throat> Again, these are all have unspoken a, rules. I don't so. have a lot of money in decoys. Now, if I had, you know, $1,000 worth of decoys sitting out there and you just are water swatting and hitting three right. decoys at a time, then, yeah, that might be, okay, i got to do a lot of work to fix all these right. things. But So, my and this is my thoughts, and I, I kind of think back to when I took my nephew hunting for the first time, but if I take, if, if we invite somebody and they come hunt with us and we put their birds in the water 
I mean, and obviously, I mean, it's an easy, it's an easy shot. Like there's birds on the water. They may hit a decoy or whatever. If there is a chance I can get that person a bird, shoot the decoy. You're talking about like a, a yield somebody. No, no, no. I don't on care. A new, on a, like, no, just okay. a newer yeah. hunter. Yeah, a newer hunter. Yeah. Like, there, yeah. Yeah, that's a different story. But I'm talking like, I'm thinking like. Like if you and I go it's out. like and se- uh, seasoned hunters that have been there, done that multiple right. times. Yeah. Are we going to try to s- spook that duck yeah, up? Yeah, we're going to spook that Make duck him up. swim off? I mean. Unless Forrest tells me not to. Yeah, Forrest goes to yelling at you. You better yeah. listen. Because he gets sh- up off that stool. He's fixing to somebody. <laughs> gets up off that stool. I don't ever sit on the stool. <laughs> oh. I'm always <laughs> standing up. standing the whole time. <laughs> don't ever sit down. <laughs> no, I'll don't you get just, gruffy with me, Mr. Yeah. Frodo. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't pass uh, uh, No, I mean, yeah, I think that... I, for me, I don't, honestly, I don't, I don't have a thousand dollars worth of decoys, so yeah. it's not. I don't really care if you shoot the decoys or not. No, I, I'm, I'm fine with it. Yeah. With mine. yeah, I've always been the uh, the de- decoy guy. I mean, not always, but I use my decoys heavily with a lot of groups, and I've never cared. And I feel like I've never been with somebody that cared about getting their decoy shot. If it's almost like again, I get it. If it's like brand new decoys, yeah. But it's almost like, you know, hey, don't get too much water in my boat or don't get too much mud in my boat. It's what? like it's just a thing that happens. Now, if you miss, like if you if you unload all three of your shells and you shoot my decoys three times and you don't hit that bird, <laughs> you're going to cash at me on the way out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my thinking is if, if I have a duck on the water or a duck in the decoys, you better shoot him there because that's the best chance you're going to get exactly. killing yeah. that bird. Right. Yeah. Whereas if you, like what happened to us, Barrett, that's why I said shoot, he's in a decoy, shoot him. If you'd have shot him, he'd have been dead. We'd have had that double banded green hit but you didn't want to shoot him so we ain't got that i was, I was looking out for, G, for you i just said i didn't want to shoot your decoys i will say too just to get into a little bit of uh what's the word for it uh gear not gear review but just gear stuff in general i've always ran dakotas and avian x decoys and those avian x's cannot handle can't handle bbs in them but those dakotas always have been able to so yeah, it may depend too on what decoys you're using yeah, I mean, what do you think about those Avian X's, though? They are soft. They are super yeah. soft. I think, uh, well, I think, I don't know if this was a selling point, but I remember when they first came out, people were always saying, like, oh, these are going to be really good because if they get shot, the hole's supposed to swell up. But when it, by the time it's getting freezing cold, you know, those holes they stay open. Swelling. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't yeah, know. I never. I know. I do know when you throw those in a boat versus a regular decoy in a boat. I don't know about foam field, but they are a lot quieter. They are. Yeah. They're a lot they're quieter, quiet. and they're pretty they're really, light. I mean, yeah. compared to Dakotas, at least. But mm, I'll be honest, I don't like the Dakotas. I love Dakotas. I think they, I, I think they, I don't, I don't think they look like a duck. I think the decoy argument is kind of dumb because I don't. I mean, everyone can argue in circles about it. But oh it's yeah, all I just about called what, you dumb. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's okay. I didn't mean about that, but I, I said it to preface myself to say that oh, I don't have to have the best looking ones. But I feel like Dakotas easily just look the most realistic. So why not use them? It's, uh, I, I disagree. It's, it's. I like them Higdens. I I love the the people that argue about decoys just because I can't wait till we bring some of these the older guys oh, yeah. on, that yeah. come on they're like we shot them over well that's know, yeah that's what I mean yeah. exactly yeah. exactly right. it's like, it does it really matter yeah mm-hmm. so if you sound like a duck and you make motion motion kills more than anything but 
to caveat that though, I feel like a lot of those older guys would say that because of what they've been, you know, just the way that they've been brung up duck hunting and whatnot. Right. And back in the day, you know, you hear about these guys not having to do much to kill birds because it was way easier. Now it's just yeah. overpopulate. I mean, just places that are hunted way too hard. Mojos. Too many people, or even more so <laughs> mojos. Just people, you know, setting up close to each other and too many right. people hunting in a WMA. You kind of got to do every small little thing you can to yeah. make your your setup you know to be a little bit better no, and, and i agree and there, and i love using flock decoys i think it looks realistic oh, they're beautiful. i think yeah, flock they're decoys beautiful. do look better yeah so i mean that i mean that's something that i 100 percent agree with yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean all my old decoys they just go out in the background just for filler right like, yeah. of course got those new flocked heads oh. and everything so right up front going, <laughs> put you boys up there, yeah. <laughs> front and center I will say one last thing though on shooting decoys. The one rule is don't be tearing up full bodies. Shooting those. Now that, that I've seen people those are pretty, expensive. Yeah, I've seen people get those mad at that and I've never wanted people shooting my full bodies. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean I try not to shoot decoys. I don't I don't yeah. dry field hunt or yeah. goose hunt enough to, to do that, which everybody's moving to the silhouettes in the goose world now. Right, so right, right. If you shoot those silhouettes, it won't really matter. It won't do nothing yeah. to them. It just makes holes. Yeah. yeah. All right. They ain't gonna sink. Right. <laughs> well, here's the last rule on this list. It is clean up after yourself. So. Yes, mm, I'm bad about it. Wait, 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 let me take that back. I'm. Uh, are we talking like holes? C- cleaning up holes, but just holes, leaving it. Trash. Making, yeah, just okay. I'm. I'm better no than trace. what you found. I will it. always. I will. I will hump everybody's trash out. You'll but what? I like. You never had hump it out. No. <laughs> Not with trash. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it. Yeah. Oh well. Anyways, I mean, I, I'm always like, even if if you if you leave your water bottle, I'm yeah. going to pick your water bottle up. Now, I I will say I am not the greatest at picking up holes. I'm I'm usually over there with my little stick sinking my holes. Yeah, so. yeah. I pick them up. <laughs> I yeah. do. I try, I try I, to pick them up because I come back in. Like if I'm scouting a spot, I look for holes right. in the water. Yeah, and like, you can feel them under your boot. Like you can feel a hole under, under but that's it's real soft bottom. You can feel a hole underneath the water. Yeah, if you're wearing a bandit boot. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the good thing <laughs> about them. They're real thin. <laughs> now I had I had a buddy Cameron. He got in trouble one time. A game warden made them go pick the wads up. Really, mm-hmm. I've never had that happen. Mm-hmm. I think you got you have to do that on uh, like bald knob. You have to pick up your well, not wads, but you have to pick up your shells. Yeah, the wad. Yeah. He was in yeah. trouble for the wadding. We're gonna have to get one of those like Walmart fish sticks that they used to fish sticks out <laughs> the little tanks in the back. <laughs> they still got the tanks at Walmart. I don't think, I don't so. think so. I don't know. Y'all remember that growing up? Yeah. As kids? Oh, they do have the fish tanks still. Do they? Do yeah. they? Mm-hmm. Huh. I didn't know that. Little green nets. Huh. So I'm gonna pick my wads up. <laughs> I got kids. I try to stay away from them. I don't come home and have 15 goldfish making a trip to Walmart every other day to buy new goldfish. I figured Walmart got rid of all the fish. You'd think so. Yeah. They got some. But yeah, I'm with you. I, it's, a, it's hard to remember to pick up your shells. Like if I'm ever hunting out of like a layout or if I'm sitting stationary in a spot right. in public, I definitely usually will pick yeah. up my shells. But if it's timber and everybody's walking around, it kind of just always gets looked over. Yeah. I mean, it's also granted too because we're always looking forward to that haul out. So, yeah. oh yeah, but I mean, definitely, but I, I do. I like when we shoot. Everybody's going out; they're moving anyway. I'll, I'll still go out and start picking up holes around me and Barrett because mm-hmm. normally we hunt pretty close. Well, to each now, other. what do you right. do if you're at a WMA? Then you can only have 15 shells, and you've picked up somebody else's shells. And you well, come back, and you've got 20 holes in your game bag, and the game warden's like. I say, got well, good luck shooting those because they're all empty. I but he was going to say, well, you spent 20 shells out there, apparently. And I'm going to say, prove it. 
He's going to say, I have the empty holes right here. I'm say, you can't prove that I shot those. It's not a rifle that don't have rifle. <laughs> well, and, and, and most of the time, he's shooting a 20. And yeah, that's true. And I'm shooting Everybody a 20. Shooting I'm, shooting a, I'm 12, shooting a 20. Yeah. What if you pick mine up? You didn't hunt with me this year, so don't be bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, honestly, if I'm out there and I'm picking them up, I mean, I tell him, sure, stand right here and I'll get rid of some of these. I'll dump them under the water. Would you rather me litter? Or would you rather me walk out yeah. with right. 20 shells or 20 empty holes when I'm supposed to be have 15? Yeah. Right. I mean, right. if they, if Which there's I 15 don't think loaded holes, 15 shells no. anyhow when he hunts, he usually no. shoots well, six. I try not to. I mean, that stuff's expensive. <laughs> and I will, I will clarify on another episode. I misspoke and I, I said we shoot copper plated tungsten. We all said that. That's their, that's their it was turkey heat load. Heat of the moment. No, their turkey load is, I think, straight tungsten, and we do the copper-plated bismuth. I don't turkey hunt enough. Too technical. So I just shoot the copper-plated bismuth. We shoot balls. I do apologize if if anybody out there got offended. (laughs) That was my cousin. (laughs) Greg. (laughs) No, Scott. Scott. Greg is my uncle. Oh, sorry. (laughs) I'm my own grandpa. But no, I you know that, and we've done that gear review, and I real quick, I've been this has been wearing on me. <laughs> Probably the number one most important piece of gear that we used this year was that tangle free sled. I think it's oh, a yeah, uh, beaver tail. sled. Yeah, that yeah. beaver tail. If you yeah. get one, get one. Yeah. Oh my god, sled's awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I got done with that, and I was like, man, you idiot. That is, <laughs> that's, we use that thing every day. We like, did. Like I've, I've had years when I haven't used it, but this year it literally got. Used. I got so tired of pulling forest out in that thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great ride. <laughs> I heard him back there making train noises one morning. <laughs> choo choo. <laughs> oh boy, the most short legs, man. They just can't keep up. <laughs> You can't take this for us. You're going to start swinging or something. (laughs) I can't get up that high. (laughs) Uh, Did we miss any? Did anybody else look at any other list and have anything that we missed? I've I've got three others that were not on the specific list. So let's go with this first one. And I think this is a big-time rule. Don't block the boat ramps or parking areas. What do you mean? Like before boat, if If you jackknife your boat at... You know, three forty-five or three thirty, when everybody's trying to get their boats in the water, do you think that's a good idea? Y'all, everybody are you talking just about, needs to practice. Y'all just practice backing your boat up. Are you talking about purposely, like you're blocking a ramp? Well, I mean, if, if so let's let's say you're new to backing up a boat, mm-hmm. do you think you should be one of the first ones in line trying to get to your hole first, or? Do you think you should wait on everybody because you're going to have trouble putting the boat in? Because me personally, in the dark, I don't back the boat up very well. I don't. I don't see good at night. Well, y'all, y'all come hang out with me, and I'll teach you how to back down. I had one mirror. I used and it one mirror. Golly, your mirror. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I could great. take a pair of sunglasses and scrape them on the ground <laughs> and then put them on. <laughs> and it's better than that mirror in the dark. <laughs> that is the worst. And mirror. we still launched great every time. Yeah, we did. Yeah, so. Barrett's real good about it. He jumps out of the truck and runs and jumps in the boat. All right, back me in. <laughs> <laughs> You're over there going, how am I supposed to do that? <laughs> real fast. Go real fast. <laughs> His boat's loud enough. You just jack not the yeah. trailer and keep going. Just it throw it in. Throw it in. Throw it in. But no, I'm, I mean, I think, like like you were saying, if you're new to it, I think you got all off season. You need to be practicing backing mm-hmm. a boat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you can't back a boat, then don't be first in line. 
Or, or ask somebody get, else yeah, to do it. Yeah, second get one life. of your buddies that say, and say, hey, can heat, you back a trailer? The heat yeah. of the moment's not going to be nice oh, to you. Well, yeah. Especially look, if you got 40 or and, however many right, other trucks Well, and everybody yeah. knows that, I mean, that at 4 a.m., when it's time to back that boat down, the adrenaline, mm-hmm. it, it changes. The, it, yeah. You may be able to back a boat normally right. and be fine. But that 4 a.m. where it's like, I'm trying to get out of here. Yeah, and go. we got to go. Yeah, it right. changes the entire game of backing a boat in. Now, right. if you're sandbagging, because one of your buddies already launched his boat and he's running down mm-hmm. the ditch and you're you're sandbagging, you're trying to give him time to get out there. Mm, son. <laughs> we, we'll back up to you with a, a winch on our boat. We'll yep. pull you out. Get you out of the spot. <laughs> I mean, I, I think, Don't you know. Us. <laughs> what, what, what was the original question? It was don't be blocking the ramp. Yeah, it says don't block boat ramps yeah, or parking areas. Boat ramps definitely do get blocked. Yeah, they morning. do. They yeah, do. but are we saying out of they're doing it out of negligence or they're doing it, it out of, on it, purpose? It doesn't it say. Doesn't. I think it means out of so either one out of just being new and not understanding. Just what about practice. this one? You get you back your truck down. You did a good job backing it down, but you haven't unhooked everything yet. Oh no! Oh, you need no, to, you need, need to, to be prep. sitting ready. Yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. you should have been at the boat ramp at what? Yeah, at least three thirty. Yeah, get your waders on, get your gear in the boat, get everything unhooked, but that front strap because if you're running Gator Glide, it's going to slide right off the trailer. <laughs> Don't make that mistake. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can't sell me on it. <laughs> oh, we about to we sell will. you on this it next season. You can be like, <laughs> those could be slippery, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> she's slippery <laughs> when wet <laughs> or, or dry. <laughs> Uh, I'll wait for the next one. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) But no, you do. At 3.30 in the morning, you do. You need to have, as soon as you roll up there, you need to have all your gear in the boat, have everybody, everything stowed, ready to go. That way all you got to do is back in, hit the ramp, slip it off the trailer, go park the truck. By the time you park the truck, that boat needs to be ready to go. Whoever you're hunting with, stow crap. Please, guys, warm your motors up before you get to the ramp. If you're running mud motor, if you're not running mud motor, you can't do yeah, that. Yeah, but good grief. The number of guys that back down the ramp and then their motor won't start. Yeah. It yeah. Is, it's yeah. egregious. Yeah. That's a good point. Everybody run those mud motors. They wouldn't have that problem. Oh. <laughs> All right. So this is another boating one. And I want to hear what y'all think about this. Respect others in slower boats. This goes with throwing wakes on people. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were those guys. <laughs> I was the guy in the slower boat. <laughs> Please respect us as you pass. Yeah. <laughs> respect the guys in the slower boats and also, I mean, the guys in the slower boats, respect the guys that ain't in the slower boat. Yeah. Get yeah. out of the way. Yeah, yeah. that's a good one. Get, if your boat's slower, just get out of the way. Yeah. Just, you know, and everywhere except for Bonamita on the way out that morning, mm-hmm. I I was good about waving people around. Now, when somebody waves you around, don't try to swamp the boat and be a jackass. Yeah. I mean... I got an awesome story for you. <laughs> you know, that's just that's my opinion of it. If if you're if you're gonna be if you're gonna have a slower boat, know your boat's slower. Don't be like boys. Get out of the left lane. She she is fast. <laughs> she runs about fifteen. <laughs> you know. Yeah. No no well, know that. Oh what well, you got? Well so uh so this was at this was this was a while this was probably five or six seasons ago. So we're hunting at Bell Slough. Uh, we're going out to Grassy Lake. It's a it's a long. If you've ever been out there, it's a long boat. It's a long boat ride. It's a, just a bad zigzag, you know, through a bunch of cypress trees. There's a couple markers out there, but you just kind of got to know where you're going. There's no real boat lane, and if the boat lane that the trail that is there, it's I mean, it's big enough for a boat to fit through, but not really like two or three boats. Um, 
but anyways, we get we get out there. There's nobody like there's nobody launching before us or after us. I mean, there's not that many people out there. We got like six dudes in this boat, and at the very front at the very front of this boat is this kid who's like 13, I think, and this is his first time hunting. Completely loaded down this boat, and we're going slow, man. We're going extremely slow. And we're about, and this is about 30, 40 minute boat ride. We're about 20 minutes into it. And this cat comes up behind us and he's just riding my ass the entire time. So we get to where there's a little bit of an opening and he completely floors his mud motor, swings around us, almost hits us, but purposely, or we say purposely, it looked like it was on purpose, kind of picked his motor up once he was getting into the front of our boats and completely just flooded this kid that was his first time coming out, completely flooded him in the face, dude. Like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like bad and uh yeah that was just one of those guys that was like and and to your point that you said earlier you know if you're the slower guy let you know let those guys over but this bowling was just so tight you really couldn't well yeah, yeah grassy lake it's a single it's yeah a i mean single, it's that's a, if anyone's ever been out there tight. it's it's, yeah. it's really tight and there's a couple and where this guy passed us at it was like a little hole but there's like two or three holes that you go through to get to grassy right. lake and it was one of those holes but dude he he he, he i mean that kid was like about ready to cry <laughs> and uh, and I won't say their names. The other guy that was in my boat, he was compl- he was so hot about. It. He's like, follow that guy. We're gonna follow him. Yada yada yada. <laughs> and me and this guy's cousin, who was bringing his nephew out or his other cousin out or whatnot. Um, you know, we didn't want any conflict or anything. But those guys, those guys, they handled it out though. Back when we got to the boat ramp. Oh dang! It was handled. It was handled. Okay. Like someone got their tires flattened. Oh <laughs> man. <laughs> And uh, we don't condone this. We don't. But hey, it's a, rule number one. <laughs> Come on, man. Come I will say it. Caleb didn't do it. Caleb I didn't do it. it. Okay, it was okay. one of our buddies, and we were younger. But it was also. I mean, I don't know if it was just, but dude, it was. It was not. It wasn't cool. He completely yeah. swamped him in the face. And again, we were six boats. We were six people deep. This guy was just one guy in his boat. Um, but yeah, the other guy that was with us, he couldn't handle himself. He flattened his tires. The guy, I, I uh, would almost rather go. You know what? You're mad. That guy did that. Let's go fisticuffs. No one gets their tires because tires—that's a thousand dollars worth of tires. Well, he didn't slide. So, and you're right. But me, myself, and another guy that was out there, we're like, we didn't want any confrontation. We just wanted to right. hurry up and leave. So this one buddy, who he's a really good buddy of mine, man, I love him. But uh, he, he was like, no, we need to stay here and wait for this guy. And this is like a 40, 50 year old guy. And I just, I really didn't want to deal with it. My other buddies didn't want to deal with it. So while we're hooking the boat up, he's over there messing with his damn stem, and he stuck like a little bitty rock in his stem <laughs> and, and put his stem back down. Didn't you end up? This guy so this guy, on. he's uh, <laughs> this guy ends up calling me about later on that afternoon because this was like, all right, we're gonna be hunting hard for the next two or three days. This guy calls me, he was like, "Hey, you muddy foot," and I was like, "Yeah, man." <laughs> he was like, "So you flattened my tires this morning?" I was like, "No, you know, I'm sorry that happened to you, but you know, to be honest with you, you really pissed one of my buddies off because you know you completely swamped the front of the boat where they were sitting at. We had a kid with us, um, but I'll give you his number and vice versa, and then you guys can talk it out because I don't want any part with this." When the guy I was basically like, oh, all right, well, you know, I have the property that you deer hunt right next to, so I see your truck every day. So, you know, you ain't getting out of this, is basically what he was like. Long story short, him and that guy, the older gentleman who swamped us and the buddy who ended up flat his tires, they end up talking to each other on the phone and become buddies. Because this <laughs> older guy was this older guy was like, Yeah, man, you know, I know what it's like. I love racing and getting into fights. You know, Belsley is the only place I have left to hunt. So I respect what, you guys. What you guys he, are yeah, badass. Wasn't he, he was, banned? Huh? He was like banned from other so Yeah, supposedly areas. he was banned from hunting other places because he got in so much trouble with other game wardens and racing people. I don't I don't know how I, regardless of this was an old 
older guy he who just, was out he, there. Yeah, and he found you because of the sticker on the right because of the sticker on. The has anybody called you about my driving? No, they oh. should. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got flipped off three times. Oh, really? the day. I was like, I'm sure somebody's gonna message yeah, you can't Muddy do that for the brand. <laughs> But now that was a funny story. Whatever the question was, it related to it, I feel uh, like. Uh, oh, party foul. Ain't nothing in there. Oh, I got one good. more. And we kind of touched on this earlier. Don't violate a friend's trust. So, like, if somebody shows you a spot, don't be going back there oh, yeah. unannounced. You know, mm-hmm. like, I we did this one time this year at, mm-hmm. at, at Gordon Barrett. Mm-hmm. Uh, buddy showed me a spot, and, and I messaged him, I, you know, a day or two before, oh, yeah. and I said, hey, do you mind if me and another guy go hunt this area? And he could have just flat out said, nope, don't you go back there. Yeah. But he didn't. He said, no, yeah, here. And he said, here's two more spots if you want to go here. But I think that's a big I, and no-no. Honestly, I think it's just respect. I mean, yeah. respect all the people that have taken you hunting. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have multiple guys that have taken me to, to different spots. And I honestly, I've never returned to those spots. Yeah. Um, mainly out of respect and mainly like I, I don't want to show anybody else because I want these guys to invite me back. Yeah. yeah. So. No, I, I agree. I, I think if you're going to do that, if you're going to go back to a spot that you were showing, you need to call and ask, hey, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about going back there. Are you cool with that? Or you wanna, do you want to go? Right. Yeah. Like, we'll go get the yeah. hole. You just show up. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's my opinion. If I come to hunt a hole that I, and you went with me and I show up there and you you and all your buddies are there and y'all are hooping and hollering and carrying on, I'm going to be like, mm-mm. No, that was no it. more. Yeah, that burns yeah. bridges yeah. quick. Yeah, that's, uh, real that's quick. Exactly that's a right. big one. That I feel like a lot of people deal with. I mean, looking on Instagram and y'all posting pictures Bro. of yeah. pile in there, and right. I didn't get a phone call. Right. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that one stings. That yeah. one stings. Some coot hunts. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's just. A, I feel like that's the unspoken rule. Like, well, earlier, just be respectful of the people that have shown you. The, earlier in this list, and I didn't say it, but one of the the sky busting one that one that rule in that list that we spoke about earlier said that that was the cardinal rule. But I almost feel like the question you just uh, said is really the yeah. cardinal rule because yeah. that is the, the mean, golden rule. Everybody yeah. puts so much work and effort into finding the holes that they want to hunt, and you know, let alone take you to if you've never been out there. So, well, and especially in today's day and age, mm-hmm. I mean, if if somebody's got something that is is on fire for a few right. days or whatever, like I mean, yeah, you. People need to respect the fact yeah. that they they found it, they got in there, and right. they got into them. Especially now, because you have right. you have on X, right. and you can like literally mark it. It's not like back in the day yeah. when oh we'll take so and so in here. He ain't way able to find his way back in here. Right. Well, right. you can now because yeah. you just mark it or whatever. That, that one text message he's yeah. sending, he's not texting. Right. Yeah, right. over there marking spots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have yeah. y'all ever taken somebody's phone? Like when you've been no, out there, I haven't done no. that. Had done that yet? No. I remember when I was in high school getting threatened about that with you know when I would yeah. go hunt with my dad's friends and stuff. But yeah, no, yeah, I never no. ended up doing that. You ain't taking, ain't nobody taking my phone. <laughs> yeah, not. Yeah, not <laughs> I mean, I got a wife and kids. <laughs> you ain't taking my yeah. phone. Yeah, it just goes to the respect thing. I mean, honestly, yeah. if someone's wanting to take your phone with you, if you're, just, if you're just wanting, take me back to the well, truck. yeah, if you're like, if you're yeah. thinking, man, I'm gonna need to take this guy's phone away from him, you, you probably shouldn't even be breaking about that. I mean, exactly. Exactly. Good, point. Yeah. good point. Good. If you're taking duck hunting that serious, you may need to back up and reevaluate. Yeah. Your life. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm really fixing to threaten a grown man to take his phone away over yeah. shooting some ducks. I mean, listen, I'm pretty good in the woods. I get turned around once every great once in a while. But if I want to go back in there, nine times out of ten, I can do it by memory. Right. That's really that's very true too. So I mean, it's like it's a it's a sport. Right. It's it's but that's the that's thing. All the is. way the the way it is now, 
It is it there it, because of social media, mm-hmm. and I'll say it because of social media. It has turned into a a, a massive competition. Mm-hmm. Yo, it really is. And I was gonna say too, like the worst case. And again, this is why to me it's the cardinal rules because like the worst case for you know taking someone out to a hole and you know them just wanting to start kind of just going there whenever. Which again, mm-hmm. you could the argument is well, it's public land. Of course, he has a right to do that. But the reason you respect the person doing that most times is because, you know, you can have a spot, and I've had this happen to me, where you can have an area where it's like, man, I love, this is a really good area. There's never really that many people in here. You don't have to race anybody in here. Next thing you know, you show somebody, and, you know, they want to show somebody, and so on and so on. Next thing you know, you got two or three other groups kind of racing to get in there who, crazy enough, you guys actually kind of are all know each other through (laughs) one of the buddies that you brought out there. And, yeah. you know, that's and there's and, you know, some people will say, oh, there's not spots like that left in Arkansas, but there definitely still is. No, there they're are. just oh, really, yeah. there are. you know, they're just I don't know. That's the that's why it's the cardinal rule for me. For yeah. sure. No, I agree. And I mean, you look at what happened out at Straight Lake with those boys. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. Well, what happened for the people that don't okay, know? So if you don't know, I guess it was some younger kids beat some older guys to a hole. Well, oh, boy comes up in there and starts acting a fool and his friends apparently pulled him off of the kid and got him out of there and game fish was called and I mean it's a sport. If you get beat to a hole, act with some dignity and grace, be like, well good job guys. You yeah, you got yeah. in here early. You got right. up early instead of sleeping in. That extra twenty minutes that right. you spent on Instagram on the pot this morning, <laughs> you could have got the hole, but right. you know, you didn't. So be a man. You got beat. Just be a man. So much bigger things. I mean, that could have went a whole nother way. He could have jumped on that kid. That kid could have pulled out a gun and killed him well, right there. Real foot like. Yeah. Yep, exactly. I mean, that old boy had dementia or whatever. But, but, I mean, yeah, but still, yeah. The same thing. I mean, it's a sport. It's for fun. If you're taking it that serious, back up and reevaluate. We're all like, out there to, I mean, and... We're all out there to hunt. I mean, we want to meet you guys. We want to hang out and get to know y'all. I mean, it, I can't tell you how many times by meetup we were at the ramp talking to those old boys that came in. Didn't nobody have a good hunt? So mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's just y'all it, don't don't take this that serious. We're all out there chasing birds. It's what we do for fun. Yeah, and I it's will say fun. if you want to if you want to meet and you want to talk and you want to do all that. Do it before five minutes before shooting light walking through somebody's house. <laughs> but you know, if, if you get beat, if I what? <laughs> if you get beat to a hole, you know, just shake it off and go on. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. Nobody got killed. No. You got wife and kids beat or them husband tomorrow. and kids at home. You know, at least you got a mama at home. So <laughs> you know. <laughs> it is what it is. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> so everybody knows their rules now? Everybody's oh, yeah. got their rules? All the unspoken Y'all rewind rules. this and write them all down. <laughs> we'll hit some good ones. Yeah. Golden rule. Golden rule. What is it? You just said it. Don't. It oh, come on. We just talked about <laughs> it. Yeah, come on. No, I don't know. Golden rule is a pop quiz. Don't uh, hot someone else's hole without prison. Yes. <laughs> don't God, violate please. Fred's don't trust. Violate. Yeah, hey, just Prince send Trust. that text message or make that phone call. Can I hunt this? Yep. Get from it's I'm, it's public, but still, if somebody showed it to you, just Ask be them. respectful. Yeah, Ask and if them. you if you text someone and say, "Hey, do you mind if I take my buddy to this hole next week or tomorrow or whatever?" If they say yeah. no, don't all don't get pissy yeah, about it. Either. Just don't do it. Just, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the golden rule. Write it down. Get it tattooed. 
put it in your bomb bag. I don't know. Do something with it. So, all right, guys. We're off the X. We'll talk to you all soon. Don't forget to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you find your podcasts. Thanks for listening.